99% of Americans would rather have a shoehorn than a computer. Yeah, I'd like to 89 you. I've heard about you vendors. Hey, lady, I like the way your body looks. Stop objectifying my mom. I will in a second. Whoa, hey, baby, you're an object. <laughs> Four-finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Figure Discount. This week we're here to review episode four of season 14. It is episode DABF18. It is Large Marge. I'm Dando. I am Guy. Nice to be here uh, talking about uh, Magumbos and other <laughs> and other fun, fun topics. Uh, look, I hate to start, start on a bit of a down note, but I think it's semi-relevant given a recent episode that we talked about, but a shout out to the late, the great... Charlie Watts uh, of the yeah. Rolling Stones, who bid us farewell and went to the great uh, drum kit in the sky. You will be missed, Charlie Watts, the unsung hero of the Rolling Stones. Um, as someone pointed out on Twitter the other day, just look at the Start Me Up film clip. Mixed dancing is marvellous in it, but just as marvellous, if not more so, are Charlie Watts' reactions to like, who are these fucking jokers? <laughs> <laughs> I think he and Ringo are the two most iconic drummers left. There are other drummers that people, like drummers out there will go, no, this guy, this guy, blah, blah, blah. Mm. No, no. Ringo and Charlie Watts, they're the two big ones left. And Charlie has unfortunately been taken from us. It just sort of came out of nowhere. I know he was not going to be on the tour, but they didn't say he was really unwell. They just said that, you know, they implied that he just needs a bit of a break. I mean, the dude was mm. 80, though. World Tours at the age of 80. That's absolutely. And I believe he was recovering from surgery for throat cancer as well. So. Oh, was it? Okay, yeah. But anyway, uh, but enough about that. Let's move on to a fun topic. Like <laughs> big old norgs. <laughs> as someone pointed out in the letters, oh, forgive me, miss, ma'am, I have forgotten your name. Dando might already have might have the letters um, uh, page from the patrons up, but else, what is it with guys and boobs? And um, I don't know. That's a really good question, actually. <laughs> Do you think it's because they're the first things that? This is going to sound really silly, right, and unlearned. But do you think we just we have that connection from when we're first born? You breastfeed, and it's just and because as you get older, it's taboo to see another woman's breasts. That it just becomes like a desire because they it's manufactured to be that way because it's and- supposedly taboo. Dan, there's nothing silly or unlearned about that. That's the foundation of bloody modern psychology. Okay. <laughs> the fact that, um, yeah, you get hooked on boobs from day one and it's like you associate those with, uh, yeah, not even pleasure, just life. Yeah. It's like, These things are keeping me fed. Good on them. <laughs> <laughs> and then later on down the line you get your sensibilities get shaped by the media and a whole bunch of other things. So it's both nature and nurture when it comes to our two chesty pals. I will say, though, I remember when I first watched this episode, regardless of the fact that Marge is a cartoon character, it still felt weird seeing Marge flash her boobs to everyone in Springfield. Oh, even yeah. though, Even though, when you think about it, she's actually already done it before. She, when her and Homer arrived in the football stadium, they actually went full frontal, the whole kick and caboodle. That's right. When they yeah. land in the middle of the football stadium, so this is so it's kind of like 
this wasn't the first time she'd flashed Springfield, but this time she had big McGumbos, as Krusty said this time. True. So, and- um, but still, it still, it still felt weird. To see. It's almost like, I know, like I said, she's just an animated character, but you associate Marge with like, she's like a motherly figure to you. You know, you grew up watching The Simpsons. She was like, she was like the mother of the show. Now she's yeah. flashing and Bagumbos. It's like, what's happening? Yeah. And plus the, the flash at the end of Large Marge here is a very sort of deliberate act as yeah. well. I mean, I think any time there's been uh, a bit of nudity in The Simpsons, it's usually been a bit more accidental, uh, a bit more of a, uh-uh, uh, as opposed to, uh, <laughs> Hope you're enjoying the sound. Hope you're enjoying the sound effects there, guys. <laughs> I really liked the way that she apologized to Lisa before she did it. I yeah. like the underlying thread of this episode of that Lisa was constantly uncomfortable with the whole thing. Yeah. And the fact that she didn't just go up and do it, she was aware that I understand Lisa, you are not going to like this. Please don't yeah. hate me for this. Please understand. I like that touch. I thought it was nice. It's for the greater good. Yes, I think in terms of its, I don't know, sexual politics, for want of a better word, this episode was a little all over the place and couldn't quite find its footing. At one, you know, at some stages it was reveling in it, like we're men, we love boobs, yay boobs, team breast, and in other situations like, eh, you know, I don't know how I feel about this and all that kind of stuff. And, and the episode itself couldn't, didn't really seem to take a stance one way or another. I mean. Sometimes that's okay. I mean, recognizing that there are different ways of looking at things or different attitudes towards a certain a certain thing. But I don't know. This episode felt a little all over all over the shop in that in in that way. If you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. What did you think of the side story? Which turns out it was almost like a fifty fifty share of the episode. It was. Yeah, we can't even really sort of call it a B plot, can we? Crusty situation. Yeah, cancelling Crusty because kids are copying him. Yeah. <laughs> It's a nice bit of alliteration there, Dan. Cancelling Krusty because kids are... What, what was it again? Cancelling Krusty because kids are copying. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> so I think this also... This wouldn't have been because of it, but this came at a time when, for example, pro wrestling was still kind of popular. It, I mean, it's died down a lot now, but pro wrestling was all over the place in the late 90s, early 2000s. And there was a lot of incidents where kids were... you know giving their sisters or their younger brothers wrestling moves and really injuring them. And yeah. the, the WWE was getting in trouble for it. This sort of or, relates to that. Also, let's not forget, uh, hi, I'm Johnny Knoxville and this is Jackass. That's a good point, yeah. <laughs> which I, yeah, which I imagine... Is, though, at, least, at least with Jackass, though, those shows were saying, hey, we're about to do stupid shit. Batman <laughs> was just a TV show. <laughs> they, they didn't go out there and say, hey, try this funny shit. What is the name of the show, kids? Jackass. <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs> no, but there was a, there was a period there where you couldn't like go out the front, not see at least one group of boys pushing themselves down a hill on a trolley. <laughs> it just became the thing. The kids were just constantly filming themselves doing stupid shit and putting it on the internet. Yeah, absolutely. Now, to their credit, uh, Knoxville and the Jackass crew always had that disclaimer at the start, like, these are being performed by trained professionals, or at the very least, people who are, have no disregard for their, um, or no regard for their safety. Don't do this at home. Don't you and your stupid friends do this. The problem is, though, that the little kids watching it couldn't read. <laughs> <laughs> they just saw a bunch of words at the start, and all of a sudden, bow, 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 bow. great theme oh, music. <laughs> it is. I'm, I'm, You're very excited for Jackass 4, I know you are. I can tell. I am. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm a little psyched for Jackass Forever. I mean, I never really watched the show, but the movies I really dug for some reason. Even watching them now, I'll be sort of fast-forwarding through some of the stunts and that, because like uh, not all of them really float my boat. But 
I don't know. I think it might just be the feeling of like having a crew, like having a having a, a crew of bros who've just got your back and you just do all manner of stupid shit together. I will say I did kind of feel sorry for Krusty here because he didn't do anything wrong. This was a show from like his, his early years and all of a sudden Barton Milhouse watched it, copied it, and now he's being in trouble for it. It's kind of like someone being arrested for something like 30 years later. Well, they do do that. <laughs> yes, but, but in saying that, at least if they're being arrested for something, they've done something wrong. Krusty's done nothing wrong here at all. No, it wasn't even Krusty. It wasn't, it wasn't even a Krusty's Krusty show. Clown. <laughs> it, was cl- it was clown face. I hope I haven't yeah. blown anyone's um, uh, trivia question there. <laughs> no, you haven't, no. But no, you're absolutely right. I mean, if anyone's to blame, it's Barton Milhouse. Yep, definitely. Don't know why Krusty took the heat for this. One thing I did notice in this episode was that the voices of the women in particular felt off. So, How so? there's one point where Helen Lovejoy, right? Usually voiced by mm. Becky Roswell. I'm assuming she is in this one as well. I'm not too sure. But her phrase is, won't somebody please think of the children? Yeah. Right? Yes. So it cuts to a news story, I believe it was at the time. And Krusty is at his house or something. And they're at the front of a his van or his house or whatever and they're, they're yelling at him or whatever and she says something on the lines of set a good example for the children and he goes no mm. and I'm like that was Helen Lovejoy's cue to say won't somebody Once please think, think of, of the, the children the I was children. like how did you write this episode and not have her say the one line that she says it just felt bizarre also you can tell I've really noticed in the last few episodes Tress mm. McNeil you can tell what Tress McNeil's doing her voice because she does Kiki in this and it just sounds exactly the same as Lindsay Nagel. Nagel. <laughs> I did want to talk about Kiki Highsmith versus uh, versus Lindsay Nagel somewhere down the line. We'll get to that when we get to we'll that. We'll get to that, okay. And also, one thing I want to uh, touch on before we continue is the song. The song titled You're a Bunch of Stuff. I really enjoyed it. And I've read a couple of reviews of the episode who shit-canned the song. I thought it was a lot of fun. I think I am going to um, very cautiously walk the middle ground between the two I didn't hate it but yeah. nor did I think it was as you pointed out a return to classic Simpsons. I thought it was pretty good I, d- I didn't dislike it by any stretch but uh, and there were lines in it that I thought were yeah pretty humorous and the whole song was very much on point but yeah not I won't say it was my favorite moment of the episode but uh, it was, what, it was about, line for sure well we can talk about favorite moments right now if you like hey my favorite and we shall, yes, indeed. Yeah. So, as I said, that song was one of my favourite moments. I, I, to me, I was getting vibes of the we put the spring in Springfield, just sort of the mm. Broadway-esque kind of vibe to it. I, yeah. I really liked it. Because yeah. we don't get many song and dances anymore on The Simpsons in this era. Oh, yeah. yeah I suppose you're right. We, so. I, I feel like they were more prominent in the early years. Now we don't seem to get them as often, but I just thought this was, I, I enjoyed it anyway. Anytime you can uh, yeah, break out into a song and dance, good on you. Yeah, good. I also liked, so... Homer looking over, seeing Bart Milhouse in trouble with the elephant. I'm on it. Cuts to Homer in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> there were some great cuts like that in this episode. Yep. And if you're done with your favourite bits, I'm going to talk about my favourite bits. Do it. Um, one of those cuts was... Um, was it Marge asking, hmm, what would Oprah do? Or someone asked, what would Oprah do? An immediate cut to cut to the stomach state blink clinic. Yeah. <laughs> and it just felt like, boom, boom. Oh, yes, I, I enjoyed that one a whole lot. <laughs> uh, other things that I enjoyed this episode, Homer shamefacedly admitting, my real ring's inside a turtle. Because <laughs> 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 uh, that would probably happen to me. By the way, oh, I saw this footage today on Twitter of, you know, turtles can get big, right? 
course they can, they, yeah. I'd never seen turtles this big. They were like, honestly, Jurassic turtles. They were huge. I've got to, I've got to try and find the link and put it up on the on the Facebook group because, man, I've never seen turtles this big and it kind of blew my mind a bit. There was there's some videos of giant crocodiles or alligators in the states. As one, yeah. it's like walking through a golf course. It looks like a fucking dinosaur. Have you ever seen that yeah. one? I don't know if I have seen that one, but I've seen. I'm going to try and find the image right now and send it to you because I want to see your res- your response it is okay. out of control right alligator <laughs> giant golf course I'm going to google that right and see if it comes up All right, right. In, so in I, want you, I want you I want you right now to go to google yes. and type alligator golf course actually I'm just going to send you this link right oh, okay. I'm going to send you this link via your Facebook so go into your Facebook right now mm-hmm. and look at this fucking photo Okay, you're sending it via Facebook Messenger. Yeah, yes. so go to Facebook Messenger right now and look at the photo I just sent you of oh. this giant alligator walking through a golf course. It looks like it's about six feet tall. <laughs> Can you what see it? What the fuck? Oh, my God. <laughs> look, at the, look at the tail on it. I know. It looks like a dinosaur. It looks like something out of Game of Thrones. It looks like Khaleesi should be riding it. <laughs> oh, that's fucking nuts. Yeah. <laughs> There's video of it on, on um, oh, online. Man. It's mental. People just playing golf. They look over and there's this giant alligator just walking across the golf course. Oh, you'd take a mulligan. You'd have to take a mulligan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's mental. But um, yeah. All anyway, right. so, so I like moving that. along, moving back oh. to the to the show. Let's let's do some trivia, shall we? <laughs> okay. Oh, one last thing that I did enjoy. One last thing that you enjoyed. There, take it away. What do you got? Why we're, why we're. <laughs> I'm a big fan of uh, Mayor Quimby's and the whole Quimby clan sort of way of talking. But um, just his pronunciation of Norkers, I like how he said. That the taxpayers pay for. <laughs> I want the Norkers the uh, public paid for. <laughs> uh, very funny. Okay, done with that. Let's move on to trivia, shall we? Next question. You there, eating the paste. Alrighty, it is time for some trivia for Large Marge. Take it away, Mr. Davis. Oh, okay, then I'll begin with Cookie Kwan is the number one realtor on where? Oh, come on, man, it's the west side. Well, yeah, <laughs> east side to the west side. <laughs> That's right. My first question is, what else did Krusty play? <laughs> He's un- Uncle uh, Velda Schmoik on Bewitched. Velda Schmoik on Bewitched. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I had that one also. Um, there is an outfit, a, uh, an organisation protesting against Krusty. Uh, they go by the name Pure. What does Pure stand for? I'm, go- I'm honestly guessing Parents. Is that one? Yes, yes. Parents United. Yes. Parents United. So it's R-E. Um, Parents United. I don't know. What is it? It's parents united against Krusty's evil and they've just jiggled the letters around on the sign so they can get pure, as opposed to puke, I guess. Wait, where's the R, though? It's the second letter in Krusty. Oh, I see what you mean. I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) My next question is, what is the tagline on the sign at the front of the other Mitt convention? Oh, damn it. No? Nope. I don't no know chance. at all. It is, nope. If the mitt don't fit, we will remit. Mitt, that's right. <laughs> um, photos of Marge uh, removing her top can be seen on pages which in the, the oh, newspaper? Is it 3 to 28? It is 3 to 28. Nice oh, one. What a 
how I remember that. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I've got two more questions. What was the size of Marge's chest, inch-wise? You think I would have been paying attention to that, but no. <laughs> 48. <laughs> okay. Uh, veterans of which conflict were visiting the school? Um, uh, nah, lost it. Lost it's it. Iwo, Iwo Jima. I thought it was going to say, I, was, I didn't want to say it in case it came across racist that I was just randomly picking like just a random war, but yeah. That's what I thought it was, Iwo Jima. But um, I, I did like having Chalmers back into it. And it's been a while, it feels, since we've had a Bart fucks it up for Skinner in front of Chalmers moment. Ah, good point. Yeah, so yeah, they're, always they're, always, they're always fun. My final question is, what percentage of Americans would rather have a shoehorn than a computer? When was that? That was, was that on the news? In one of the conventions at the end, yeah. Okay. No, I missed that too. It was 85%. <laughs> Do I have any more questions for you? No, I think we've kind of either crossed over a bit or we've already discussed them. So right. that might be that might be the end of trivia for this time around. I think you won, Dando. I think you I think you were were the the big champ this time around. I like that. <laughs> All right, guys, that is <laughs> trivia for Large Marge. We'll be right back after this short break with our full in-depth review. If you feel like having yourself a time, then check out our new podcast, Going Down to South Park, where we go back and revisit every episode of the iconic series, dissecting the stories, reveling in chef sing-alongs, and chuckling at the occasional fart joke. Going Down to South Park is available now for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. The original air date of Large Marge was November 24th, 2002. It was directed by Jim Reardon, written by Ian Maxstone Graham, it had no chalk gag, but the couch gag was Homer draws the family on the couch with an etch a sketch called yeah, a sketch or, etch. Yeah, why is it called gag. sketch? Why is it called sketch and etch? I guess it's just a <clears throat> parody and to, yes, to avoid some. It's like when they have iPods, they don't call them iPods; they call them something else. It's just to avoid copyright, I guess. Mm. Oh well, just the grammatical mess up of it. It should be an yeah. etch. But ah, oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, just to fuck with you. <laughs> yeah, just to fuck with guy. Why would you do that? Why would you hey, fuck you, with you Guy? Don't want, you don't want to do that, people. You do not want to do that. Don't want to do it. Um, before we begin talking about the episode, should we talk a little bit about the title? Yes. Go for it. Okay. Well, I don't know. This, there may be more to it than this, but uh, Large Marge was a supporting character, a very memorable supporting character, in the 1984 film Pee-wee's Big Adventure, uh, the first time that Pee-wee Herman brought his act to the big screen the first time Tim Burton brought his act to the big screen. It was his directorial debut. By brought his act to the big screen, do you mean when he's in front of it or when he's on it? <laughs> Are you talking about that um, unfortunate incident in the adult, <laughs> adult theatre in, yes. in, in Florida in the 1990s? Ooh, <laughs> oh, Pee-wee. <laughs> um, but fun fact for Simpsons fans... Pee-wee's Big Adventure was co-written by the late great, we're talking about a few late greats this episode, but the late great Phil Hartman actually co-wrote Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Yeah, so Large Marge is a character in that. Patrons on the Facebook page will have seen the link to the clip that I put up there, how we might even put it on the uh, Instagram page and also the Twitter account. So everyone can share in it because Pee-wee's Big Adventure, pretty damn funny actually. Strange. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I mean, I'm not a huge Pee-wee fan, but yeah, this is a, this is a really fun movie, actually. I can honestly say I've seen nothing Pee-wee related ever. No? I think he's very much an acquired taste, but if you're going to start somewhere, um, this would be a good place to begin. Before that, we have to discuss Large Marge, and it kicks off with 
the family watching the Dewey versus Truman campaign, I believe. <laughs> Hope yeah, doesn't I, know who wins. <laughs> I love how the Simpsons get a bit of mileage out of the whole Dewey defeats Truman fuck up. <laughs> yeah. And because Homer lost the bet between Lisa and and himself, she mm-hmm. gets to choose uh, today's father-daughter activity and she decides she wants to build homes for the homeless. <laughs> homeless. You know it's going to be bad, but you just can't prepare yourself for it. <laughs> <laughs> Houses for the homeless, or as they like to refer to, domiciles for the destitute. <laughs> so they've got three presidents there. They act like the three stooges. You've got uh, Clinton, Bush, and Bush, uh, Carter, uh, wasn't it? Yep. Uh, yeah. Jimmy, Car- Jimmy Carter apparently very big into uh, Habitat for the Homeless. Uh, right. s- still going strong in his 90s, apparently. He'll get out there and... Uh, Whack a nail into a uh, whack a nail into a board or two. Good on him, Jimmy Carter. What a legend! Um, I understood but, why they called him history's greatest monster in The Simpsons. I think for a while there he was kind of regarded as a bit of a lame duck president. He wasn't. He wasn't super charismatic. Like it sounds weird to say now, but like someone like Reagan or or a Kennedy or someone along those lines. And also, he just had a really sort of timid, kind of easygoing manner. So, yeah, calling him history's greatest monster, I guess, is a bit of a piss take. But uh, luckily, history's been kind to Jimmy and people have realised, wait a minute, this guy, you know, was trying to tell it like it is and was looking out for the, uh, looking out for the little guy. Yeah, he was a pretty good president. Anyway, so, uh, but uh, the Simpsons like taking their, uh, taking the mickey out of him a bit and turned him into one of the Stooges. Which one was he? I can't remember if he was... It wasn't the main one. No. Mo is their leader. The Simpsons taught us that. And Mo that was, was their leader. <laughs> Mo was their leader. And that was uh, that was Bush Senior. I think Carter might have been Curly. And Mo was okay. the fat one. And, and that was Clinton. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realise that this was the episode that had the El Homo in it, which gets used a lot in memes. Does it? I That's weird because I like to think I'm across my Simpsons memes and I've never seen it and I couldn't remember this gag at all. And I must admit... When it first came up and Homer's doing his painting, it's like, well, he could be El Bato, I'm going to be... Dun, 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 dun. And I must admit, it was a cheap gag, but I'm like, that's actually pretty funny. And yeah, then, I, I thought it was good, yeah. And the, if only I had your courage. Then that swishy gentleman coming along, oh, I wish you had your courage. Um, <laughs> and, but, but then for Homer to go, oh, I mean, I yeah. suppose that wasn't bad either, but... Um, <laughs> oh, it's just, a, yeah, just of its time, but yeah, it's, fun. it's funny. It was. It kind of was, <laughs> It's at the point now of these reviews where you had to be able to look back and go into like an early 2000s mindset and be like, at the mm. time, this would have been funny. I can understand why people would be annoyed by it now, but yeah. it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we get the El Homo. And what happens next? Uh, well, it's the ring. It's oh, we have the, the wedding ring. That's right. Yeah. So um, the what's he actually got? It's just a, a, it's a band-aid, band-aid wrapped foil. in foil. <laughs> band-aid wrapped in tin foil. <laughs> Inside of a turtle. So they do this to establish the fact that when Lindsay Nagel and Cookie Kwan arrive in just a few mm. moments, he's not wearing he a wedding ring. Or it's, it's not just a wedding ring, it's they've got the tan line, which means he's recently divorced or lost his wife and he's vulnerable. Let's <laughs> <laughs> sink our claws into him. Love that Lindsay Nagel and Cookie Kwan are out on the prowl. <laughs> yeah. They hit on Homer. This is where Marge and Maggie. Before that, though, before they arrived, they're listening to Radio Disney. I could totally relate to this now. <laughs> I was about to say this. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to confess something here. I don't know if this makes me a hero or a villain or somewhere in between. Uh, I hear a lot of people talking about Baby Shark. I've never heard Baby Shark. Oh, my God. Yeah. Elliot was, for a brief period, was obsessed with it. Yeah. <laughs> I should probably track it down at some stage. And, you know, then I'll You've never heard it. 
No, no. Really? Mm. I'm going to show that I don't know what it is by... I understand that it goes like something like baby shark do 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 do. It goes it goes baby shark do 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 baby shark do 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 baby shark do 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 baby shark, and then just goes just lists all the families and it goes mommy shark do 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 and then daddy shark do. It's just the various animals. Okay, well I suppose that's a good introduction to you know the basics of rhythm and melody for 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 the kids. I don't know, it's no snappy. Did you remember? Did you ever hear the song about Snappy? Here comes Snappy, 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 Snappy. It's a song about a turtle. I think. I think this is quite big in the in the twenty tens. I don't know that one actually. Here comes Snappy, 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 Snappy. When I was a kid, when I was young, if it wasn't the Wiggles, not not for me. But anyway, but yeah, but Baby Shark, yeah, check it out. (laughs) Or don't check it out because it'll be stuck in your head for hours. Baby Shark. You just start walking around going, I don't know. What are you having for dinner tonight? Risotto, do 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 do. Risotto, do 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 do. Do 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 do. All right. Anyway, we're way off track. I'm just seeing Radio Disney. They're seeing who let the milk out. So they actually got the the proper Baja men to come in and sing the song, especially at the outro and stuff. They did. We'll get to that outro when we get to that outro. Don't know. Yeah. Was it who let her jugs out or something? I was like, oh my. Yeah. But she sees Homer flirting. One, one thing I want to touch on actually before I say that was that it reminded me of me now, that moment, because what Elliot has is this CD and it's classic rock songs but in lullaby form. Okay. So it might be you know, Guns N' Roses, Appetite for Destruction, but all in lullaby form or Nirvana, <laughs> Nirvana, Nevermind in lullaby form. It's actually really good. Like In Bloom as a lullaby is amazing. It's just like... Yeah. But like more like a xylophone. It's amazing. I would hope that there would be a lullaby version of Enter Sandman. Yeah, I'm sure there is. I'm sure yeah. if you go onto YouTube and type Rockabay, I think it's called Rockabye Baby or something like that, and then type Enter Sandman, I bet you'd be there for sure. Exit light, enter night. So Baj thinks that Homer is flirting with... Uh, Lindsay Cookie. and Cookie, but he's not. He's just in, uh, showing them what Marge looks like when she gave birth to the kids. A really, a really weird joke. It <laughs> Why would Homer ever be doing that? No, uh, you know, just talking up the achievements of the wife he loves and admires so much. I guess, but yeah, the fact that he looks like he's totally flexing <laughs> to impress these two babes. <laughs> but yeah, it's like. That's how she looked when she delivered our child. <laughs> Cuts to them in bed. Marge is concerned that Homer doesn't find her attractive anymore. Doesn't really give her a straight answer. Uh, homie, are you as attracted to me as you were when we met? Sure, why not? Sometimes I worry you might think about other women. Hey, why would I want Purina when I got Fancy Feast right here? That doesn't sound very convincing. Oh, it sounds like all you're looking for is a little reassurance. Well, we then get Bart and Milhouse having a sleepover in the lounge room. I miss those days, just having a sleepover. <laughs> hey, Mum, could I sleep at my, my friend's house? Yeah, sure, sure. Just staying up all night, getting told to go be quiet at like three in the morning and stuff. Got all that to look forward to with Elliot. Before we get downstairs to uh, to Bart and Milhouse having their sleepover, like which does look like fun. Two things just quickly. I did really love. Asking Homer if he um if he was still attractive, he's like, sure, why not? 
which I thought was very, very funny. And then and then just a weird little visual gag of going down the various layers the of the house. Baby dinosaurs? Dinosaur eggs? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it was a bizarre one, that one, for sure. But, um, but yeah, so we've got yeah. the sleepover. This is so true. When you're watching TV either in the middle of the night or like first thing in the morning, they always showed reruns of old school shows like Batman and stuff, didn't they? That's, mm. that's when they used to always chuck them on. <laughs> I wonder yes, why. It- is that because older people would be awake at that time? Why would they be chucking those shows on? It's, it's always that get smart and those kind of things. They're always yeah. on really early or in the middle of the night. Yeah, maybe they're appealing to um, new parents or people who would be up at that stage. Yeah, or, people, yeah, or people who yeah. just don't have jobs. A more valid question uh, yes. around this particular scene, though, is uh, why was Millhouse crying? Why was Millhouse crying? Yeah, I kind of feel bad about that, that Bart just glossed over. But it, it sums up their relationship, though, doesn't it? It certainly does, and Bart's just a, a bad buddy. Uh, folks, I don't know if you will see this on the... You probably would never see this on the video, but it's very fun because Dan and I are doing this via Zoom so we can look at each other. I miss that handsome face. Um, but sometimes, due to shitty technology, the screen will freeze up and... <laughs> Dando was you know, currently juggling a lot of things because you know he's a man, he's a man of many talents and many tasks. He was doing a bit of a yawn while I was talking, probably because my story <laughs> was my story was boring as shit. Um, but it froze right in the middle of the yawn, so it looked like no, no, Mister Simpson, don't take your egg around on me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. Yeah, it's not like fun. when um when Wiggum's lock uh, jaw locks, you know, bad yeah. cups, bad cups. I can fit my whole ah. fist in there. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, so they have a sleepover. They find or they come across the uh, old Batman episode, which has Krusty <laughs> guest starring as Clownface. And I, I love that admit. name. I love that name for a villain, Clownface. Oh God, you'd probably find if you're scrolling through like Amazon Prime Video or something, and you go to, to the real depths, like. If you, say you're in the horror section, because I like my horror mm. movies, and occasionally yeah, I'm looking yeah. for some... <laughs> what? Who knew? Um, <laughs> be looking for some cheap piece of shit just to, you know, while away 90 minutes or so. There are so many about, you know, killer clowns. <laughs> and I wouldn't be surprised if you actually found one called Clownface. Well, they're actually terrifying, that's why. Yeah, are they? I told you, watch that video of the guy dressed as the clown chasing after people in the middle of the night... On YouTube. Have you not seen this? I probably have, yes. Clowns in the right situation can be pretty damn scary. You're right. Um, I must admit, though, yes, Clownface, pretty good villain. I would yeah, happily see him join the uh, the Batman rogues gallery. But I was pretty surprised to, and pleasantly surprised, surprised to discover that both Adam West and Burt Ward. Yeah, it's voice very them. cool, isn't it? It is. I mean, I thought, I initially thought, Wow, that guy's doing a really good Adam West, whoever that is. I know. That's what I thought, too. I thought, well, Adam West has been on the show before. Then I thought, well, when did yeah. he pass away? But then I looked it up. Yeah, Adam West and Burt Ward. I think this might be the first time they've both appeared on the show at the same time. I'm not too sure. I think so, yeah. But yeah, Adam West is always a guest star whenever he's on anything. Like, uh, not South like a Family Guy, whatever, like, you name it. I love the original. And whatever happened to the bat to z but, ah, ooh, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Pure West. West. Oh, just, yeah, he just really steered into it. He, he, yeah, it was he a- seems like a kind of guy who got it. He yes. knew he knew that he was like the butt of the joke, but he didn't mind. Like, he's like, that's yeah. what's going to get me this gig. I'm willing to go all in. It's funny. Uh, 
I remember seeing this movie in the mid-90s. I don't remember a great deal about it, but they cast Adam West as like the the central character's dad. Mm. And he was this sort of a little too old to be cruising chicks womanizer, but he was still, you know, still doing it. And I initially thought, oh, they've cast Adam West as a bit of a joke here or something like that. And he gave it like a legitimately good performance. And I'm like, I think we might have sold Adam West short. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, I really like his Batman performance. I think, you know, like you said, I think he, he knew what he was doing and he committed 100%. And you could either take, you could either say, oh, wow, what a joker, or you just go, well, no pun intended, or go, wow, this this guy's really good, or this guy knows what he's doing and he's doing it really, really well. Um, and then I saw him in this other role and thought, yeah, this guy might have had a bit more sort of depth and a few more things in his in his toolbox than we gave him credit for. So yeah, props to Adam West for that, and also for popping up here on The Simpsons alongside old mate Burt Ward. Something, something, Burt Ward. I don't know. Mitch used, yeah, Mitch used to always go on about a show that I think Conan O'Brien wrote or something and it starred Adam West. Yeah, called Look Well. Yes, and it only went for like one season or something. I don't think it even went for a season. It might have gone Maybe, for... Oh, like no, a, it was just a pilot episode, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, which I think you can find on YouTube, but it was you like can. a... Yep. To the best of my recollection, West played this character... He played an actor who played a character called Lookwell. Wasn't he playing himself, basically? Sort of, yeah. I think he yeah, he was Adam West and he had this character named Ty Lookwell, who was like a private eye or something like that. And it was the only big role that he ever really had, but he was quite famous for it. And he kept sort of finding ways to it was a bit like it was almost like Castle, like the like the TV show Castle. Um, but played more for laughs. Like, you know, it's like Hey Wait, which castle are we talking about? The one with Nathan Fillion. Yeah, so I was like, okay, yeah, so I'll make sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that look well, the, the premise of it was like, hey, I was solving crimes on TV for years. Time to do it for real. <laughs> <laughs> and just doing the Adam West thing with it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can find it on YouTube. I also highly recommend checking out Conan O'Brien's Burt Ward story on Inside the Actor Studio. <laughs> it is one of the funniest things you will ever hear. It is amazing. <laughs> just, just YouTube oh. Burt Ward Conan O'Brien alright do all those things but after you've finished listening to this episode of Four Finger yes. Discount clown face what in the name of Huntley and Brinkley do you plan to do to us I'm just gonna take you for a spin who ha he show our guest to the twirly gate I must say I was a big fan of Krusty's use of the term twirly gates. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. But he so in the episode he straps Batman and Robin to Merry Go Round, spins it around, but they manage to save the day or put, stop themselves from getting sick or getting killed because yeah. they have the anti the anti carousel <laughs> spray or something. Yeah. Uh, reverse <laughs> reverse, reverse carousel spray or something. What don't you have in that belt? The, the, the best thing is that, like, Milhouse is like, we should try that. I mean, Batman was okay. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, oh, where would I have been without my spray? <laughs> Marge is then talking to Manjula, and she gets the question, like, why do they cheat? And she basically grabs Marge. I mean, Marge is not fat at all. Like, no. At no. all. But she, you know, she, she, grab, she grabs this useless flab, apparently. Where, where did that flab come from? I mean, normally Marge has got, you know, like a fairly, not lean a silhouette, but I mean... Uh, that's, that's one sort of aspect of the story we need to touch on. Do you think they handled the 
aspect of judging people by the way they appear and that kind of thing. Do you think they handled it well or do you think they steered too close to one? You sort of touched on it earlier, but do you think they steered too far one way? What do you think? I, th- I think they made the, the guys of Springfield such buffoons and, yeah. uh, what's the term, deviants in the way they handled Marge that it's obvious that you watch this and realise, even as a kid, you watch this and go, well, the way they're behaving is not the is- right way to behave. I think that's about as deep as they went with it, saying, hey, fellas, you know, no leering at the boobs. Which is, I guess, I guess that's why they had Lisa there constantly reminding viewers as well, Marge, why are you, why are you doing this to yourself? And, it, and the fact that yeah. Marge apologised to Lisa before she did it, it was almost like them sort of saying to the kids, hey, you know, that she's, she's doing this, this isn't right, but she's doing it for a reason. Yeah. I, I just really like the way she apologised. But yeah, I didn't yeah. think that it's a really touchy subject if not handled correctly. I'm absolutely, yeah, and in terms of, you know, exploring body image and why people some feel feel uncomfortable in their skin or feel compelled to change aspects of it. I don't think it's something they dove into and explored too deeply, if at all, really. But you know, it also, is that the job of The Simpsons? Sometimes they do that well, but sometimes, I don't know, it's better to leave well enough alone. If you don't think you can explore it in an interesting or sensitive or original fashion then yeah, maybe just let it be and I think that maybe that's what they did here Marge goes for a 10 minute suck and tuck but she accidentally ends up getting the implants <laughs> that the taxpayers paid for those Norkers uh, I did like I need to be more attractive to this man <laughs> and just shows the terrible picture of Homer in Speedos yeah, it's a time for a yeah, 10 minute suck and tuck's all you need <laughs> mm, that's funny hmm I don't feel sucked out. Doctor, my assistant is as flat as ever. Where are the new knockers the taxpayers paid for? Hmm, you're right. That's like Flatsville. Then where did I put those implants? <coughs> what on earth have you done? My McGuppies became bazongas. Great Ceausescu's ghost. Are those real? Oh, all right. <laughs> we come back from commercial. Marge is threatening the doctor. So she doesn't want her um her, these implants. He says he's going to take forty eight hours. So come back and I'll fix it for you. And she says something about I'm going to get my husband to come back here and do some malpractice. Oh yes, yes, I'm sure he's going to be furious. <laughs> <laughs> real, just a scumbag doctor. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. So I guess they've asked off Doctor Nick by this point because we don't really see him very often anymore, do we? That's true. I mean, I can't remember the last time we saw Doctor Nick, and honestly, this felt like. An absolute Dr. Nick kind of moment. But but it still would have been weird to have Dr. Nick touching Marge's breasts or working on her. Giving Dr. Nick giving Marge a boob job would feel weird to me, it, even mm. though it shouldn't. It just seems... This new doctor, we may have seen him before in the past, yeah. possibly once or twice, I'm not too sure, but him working on Marge, it almost feels like he's not a Springfield resident because we haven't seen him before. But Dr. Okay. Nick's been there for so long, since like the start, basically, mm. that... It feels like everyone in Springfield knows each other. Everyone's friends. So for him to give yeah. Marge a, a boob job, it just it would just feel weird to me. I get where you're coming from. Yeah. But we're now at the school and they're <laughs> attempting the epic Batman stunt. By epic, I mean just spinning around. What were those things called? Those merry-go-round things. They're banned now, I think. I haven't seen them for years. That's true. And they were always well, kids, kind of fun. Kids used to always break their arms falling off them because you'd spin it round <laughs> and round and round and kids try <laughs> and jump off. It's like yeah. jumping out of a moving vehicle. That's <laughs> say, yeah, the nature of physics just in, you know, you will either fall off or if you jump off, then it's not going to be fun. You're not going <laughs> to have a good time. <laughs> no. I used to get so sick on those things, yeah. I, I don't know how they were ever considered to be a good idea. I don't know. They, they kept the kids quiet. They kept the kids entertained for a little while. Yeah, so they, they're doing the stunt 
and at the same time, everyone's involved. Yeah, Otto's involved. I must admit, the oh yes, that's right. Otto's helping him out, isn't he? That's great. Yeah, but uh, I like that. What what was Millhouse worried about? My change purse. (laughs) 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 What is going around? So he goes. He goes flying off with the with the. What are we going to call this? The spinning thing. Yeah, (laughs) and he takes out two of the veterans that were with um, Principal Skinner and Superintendent mm-hmm. Chalmers. Bart explains that he saw it on Krusty's TV show, so Skinner says he's going to... Uh, Krusty's going to feel Skinner's wrath. The spritz has hit the fan. I like that. <laughs> and plus, the, uh, they're a little curious as to how this uh, event actually happened. I mean, Milhouse is there, but Milhouse has never done anything but a comic foil. <laughs> <laughs> and I must admit, yeah... I did like the little visual gag of, you know, these guys are veterans of the uh, of the Battle of Iwo Jima and when they're putting the flag back up, it's a, yeah. a, a nod to the iconic uh, uh, photograph taken of the American soldiers raising the, the flag at Iwo Jima. So, a nice and, touch. As they're doing that, they get knocked over again. <laughs> and then they got knocked over again and then Milhouse pukes on the flag. <laughs> oh, boy. But, yeah, so Marge... Um, she can't open the cupboards now because her boobs are too big. Mm. Is it immature to say boobs? I feel, if I say boobs, I feel like I'm not acting my age. <laughs> I think it's a little adult content ahead, folks. Uh, tits just feels a bit crude. Oh, no, I'm not saying tits. Jesus Christ. Like, no. I once, I once, listeners, said to Nicola, I said the word fun bags. Safe to say I never use it again. <laughs> I don't know why we come up with these silly names for them. Indeed. Breasts. Well, should, we, should, we just, should we just say breast for the rest of the episode? To be mature? Breast, breast feels a bit formal. It, it does. Feels a, it does. Boobs is friendly. Okay. Well, I think. We'll go with, we'll, we'll go with boobs then. I, I think so. I don't think anyone's going to uh, hold it against us. She's trying to adjust to having a bigger chest, basically. She can't pick up Maggie either. Um, she says... <laughs> She's going to hide them from the family until she gets them fixed. She doesn't want the family to know. So she prepares dinner, but she doesn't actually um, come out and give it to them. She says, dinner's ready, races off to bed. Meanwhile, they're watching the news report from Kent Brockman about the stunt that offended veterans, educators, and flag hags. <laughs> flag hags. <laughs> Does that end with a bit of a collar tug from Bart? Maybe, yeah, that's right. I think it was because yeah. he knew he was the one that was guilty. But I... Mentioned this at this moment earlier with Helen Lovejoy. So she's oh she says here, stop corrupting our children. And I'm like, what? Why is she yeah. not saying won't somebody please think of the children? What's what the hell's going on here? But how great was it? Stop corrupting our children, Krusty. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime anyone responds to a a wholly reasonable request from someone, would just no. <laughs> I always love that. Homer and Marge are in bed. Homer's filling her up. What's this big thing? I, <laughs> oh, there's another one. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did like that it was just eyes. That felt very sort of old school cartoon for some yep. reason. It felt, it felt a bit Looney Tunes or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one thing that uh, they always go on about in the early years. Matt wanted the show to feel, feel as realistic as possible, mm. but they still always still did the eyes at night. It's just yeah. something that you can only do with an animated show, so why not take advantage of it? Absolutely. <laughs> also, it saves the animators a lot of work. But yeah, so that basically, hey, this is the moment where Marge starts to realise maybe it's not so bad having bigger boobs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she, re- you know, refers to the doctor who did it. And <laughs> I was just like, yeah, he truly is a monster. 
<laughs> so he says he's going to take Marge out for dinner now. It's kind of poor form in the sense that he mm. didn't bother taking Marge out for dinner until he wanted to show her off to people. Mm. But still, he's taking her out for dinner. The kids then notice him. This is actually really good. So Lisa's saying their endowments are bigger than Harvard's. And Homer's like, you win the, the, the pun contest or whatever. <laughs> oh, no, I actually knows it earlier. It's like I was working on it out the hall. Yeah. That, that feels like a very writer's room kind of gag. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> it's like, oh, man, you came up with that just like, uh, I've been working on my ad libs for like three hours. <laughs> <laughs> We're now at Luigi's. And I've just got here, Luigi's to me just comes across like, for a local reference, La Porchetta. What do you reckon? <gasps> it doesn't feel upper class, but it's also not, it's it's also nice enough that you can go out for, on a date there. I'm thinking of a place in Geelong, and I don't know if this might be before your time, Dan, though, but it was in Belmont called Tony's. Um, no, I thought you were going to say Capri. Which one's Capri? That's the one on the, uh, what's the street the sporting goes <gasps> oh. on? Is that Lapari? Do you mean Lapari? Lapari, yes. Yeah, Lapari's yeah. a bit like. But Tony's uh, is in on Belmont High Street, just opposite the Belmont Hotel, near where the Macca's and the Pizza Hut are. You're heading mm-hmm. up up High Street. Wait, 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 Pizza Hut's not there anymore, right? No, 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 no. Well, no, but no, Pizza Hut there, used yeah. to be there. Yeah, yeah. The Macca's and the Pizza Hut were right next to one another. Yeah, yeah. And you head up the road a little bit, and there was this joint called Tony's. It was an Italian restaurant, um, and certainly when I was growing up. That was the place, you know, when you hit maybe 16 or 17 and, you know, it was, it was you couldn't really go out to proper restaurants yet, but you were a little too old to be like, oh, let's have our party at Macca's. Um, yeah. So um, that's what, that's what uh, Luigi's reminds me of. Of Tony's, okay. But see, I feel like if you're in an Italian restaurant and you call it's called Tony's, it instantly has a reputation of, okay, this sounds Italian. This sounds like it's going to be good. You, you, it feels like you've already got a reputation to have to live up to. Yeah. Oh, look, and it was fine. It was pretty good. But at the same time, it's like, um, this is maybe like a, if we're grading out of five stars, this is, this is a three-star restaurant, you know. Which is fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, not bad. But uh, it was the, I just got good memories of it because it was the place that you went where, if you're going to ask a girl out on a date, it's like, would you like to go to maybe Tony's? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, La Porchetta wouldn't have the same effect. <laughs> <laughs> Want to go to La Porchetta? <laughs> oh, yeah, get. Tony's get. sounds very fancy. Tony's. <laughs> mm. Oh, long, long, uh, rest in peace, Tony's, I'm assuming. Is it gone now, is it? R.I.P. Tony's. Yeah, not there yeah. anymore. But, uh, yeah, so they're at Luigi's and Flanders gets turned down, but Marge gets in because she's got her, got her stuff. As be fun. So that, <laughs> that song, by the way, that they sing later on is called You're a Bunch of Stuff. Oh, she actually got a name that song. Okay, yeah, I didn't realize okay. she got it going on. Yeah, but yes, they um they take Marge to her table. I like that even the lobsters are flirting with her, <laughs> doing the little from their tank. Luigi is going to make the pasta fresh, not the crap out of the can. You see how you're scum. And of course, Agnes and Agnes and Skinner. So Agnes's voice here, right? You'll notice not only does her voice sound off. But it's clear that they did a, new, a fresh dub after they'd animated because the voice oh, does not okay. match the mouth at all. Like, it's completely different. So, obviously, they did a last-minute change, yeah. Interesting. I, don't, I didn't like the line, though. It's as cold as my love for you. She's so mean. <laughs> She's very cruel. I wasn't a huge fan of the Angelo chewing the food gag. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, I don't, 
I don't know if he's just meant to be like your garden variety pervert or if it's like a shout out to something else. I, they'll sometimes do things like that, you know, with them. Um, yes, guy. It was yeah. apparently, you know, Did, that riff, didn't work a riff, here. A riff on Jack Benny. I don't know if Angelo the Chew guy is like a riff on some old style showbiz personality or some stereotype or whatever. Yeah, or, or just some weirdo who likes to chew. I mean, who doesn't yeah, like to chew? Just, it, was just, it was just weird. It's definitely, the, the yes man at least is funny. Yes. <laughs> that was unrehearsed, folks. We just did a simultaneous yes. Lisa is concerned that Marge is getting all this attention due to her breasts, which is understandable. I, I think that if this was your mother, you would also be you know, sort of worried. Like uh, I don't know. These guys weren't talking to mum last week. Now they're creeping mm. over my mother. It's kind of weird. But what happens is Homer starts singing the song. We get into the whole song and dance. You took a 20-carat diamond and made it gleam like a big spaghetti dinner smothered in whipped cream. You're like X-Men number three in a Mylar bag. You're a brand new muscle car and all the wheels are mag. You make me feel as young as the blood I get from sheep. You're like Jacqueline Bissett in me favorite film, The Deep. You're sexy and exotic like a hooker from Belize. Or a patient with insurance who's crawling with disease. You're a Sunday underneath two grapefruit cherries. Keep in mind they're only temporary. Still, we'd like to say that we are very, very glad to see you. And I decree you the hardest thing to hit this city since the fire that killed 11. <gasps> Dangerous criminals. <gasps> and they're all mine. All, it's mostly all men joining in. We guess some women singing at the end. I liked <laughs> the, my favorite part was Quimby. You're the hottest thing since the fire killed 11 dangerous criminals. <laughs> <laughs> Hooray! And, <laughs> and I like the sea captain uh, giving uh, his favourite nautical movie, The Deep, a shout-out. It's thematically uh, appropriate because the lovely Jacqueline Bissett... I mean, not many people remember The Deep, but they mainly remember it because the lovely Jacqueline Bissett wore a wet T-shirt in that movie. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Uh, this, is where Kik- this is where Kiki Highsmith arrives from the modelling agency and she offers some work <laughs> to Marge. And as I've got my notes here, obviously Tress McNeil because it sounds exactly the same as every other character she does. I don't know. We've already had Lindsay Nagel this episode, so we couldn't really have her doubling up, could we? Although, I'm wondering if it could be interesting having the woman who was supposedly flirting with Homer, the woman who turns Marge into a sex symbol model. I don't know. Could you do anything with that story-wise? I don't know. Probably not. Anyway, it was uh, fun to have a new high-powered businesswoman in the mix. Kiki Highsmith and uh, Lindsay Nagel both vying for my heart. The, the other thing is, though, I'm just like, if you close your eyes, this could easily have just been trust me, Neil. I don't trust me. Um, Lindsay Nagel could have been true. Like, the, the, she's no different personality-wise, voice-wise from Lindsay Nagel. Just her job is different. We may have to do a little research and see if Kiki Highsmith ever makes another appearance in The Simpsons. Marge decides to keep the implants now just for a little bit of excitement, and I like that. Marge deserves a bit of excitement. If that's if mm-hmm. going to bring it to her, do it. Yeah, of course. Bart then attempts his own song to remind the viewers that there is a side story here. <laughs> 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 and hope it just shuts him down straight away. 
We come back when at the oven mitt convention. This is really good. So Marge gets introduced with the oven mitts and everything. And in her mind, this sure bit slaving over a hot stove. As she's like showing off cooking over a, a stove <laughs> as part of her modeling. We then have Homer taking Marge to Moe's. The only thing about this is, uh, I guess they're not saying, oh, who is this person? They're saying, oh, whoa, Marge, you look different. So when, they, when he brings her into Moe's, all the guys are like, whoa, 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 what's going on here? But it's not a case of they don't know who Marge is. It's just it's just like, whoa, what's you look yeah. you look different, Marge. You, you grow your hair out or something? <laughs> what is what is Carl say? This is the longest I've ever gone without looking at Lenny. Yes. <laughs> she wants to clean glass. Whoa, 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 whoa. Calm down, calm down. Um, the peanuts the peanuts have some spitbacks, so yeah, basically Moses is a dive. I thought they were all spitbacks, not some, all. We have um, Krusty show now, and it's all... This story here with Krusty feels rehashed. We've had numerous times where Krusty yeah. shows had to be toned down, or you couldn't say this, you couldn't do that. So it kind of felt rehashed, but still I enjoyed it. They won't let him shoot the apple off of the Sideshow Mel's head. He's going to instead teach safety. Mr. <laughs> Teeny has no longer on the show. He's been released into the wild. This is pretty funny. The cigarette. Oh, <laughs> oh no. It's like, you know, first day at Shawshank. Mr. Teeny just getting it slapped out of his hand. Oh, no. Well, poor old Newfish. By the way, a funny visual gag uh, while they're watching the Krusty show, Marge has got uh, her magazine covers put up on the wall because she's a big success uh, at trade shows, and one of which has the headline, which I really dug, Housefrau Wow's Dog Chow Pow Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder wonder how long it took them to come up with that one. (laughs) Oh, I've no idea, but I love it. <laughs> but Bart and Milhouse are annoyed watching the show, you know, the revamped version of Krusty. They want the old Krusty mm-hmm. back, but to do so, they're going to get people to feel sorry for Krusty. I think Milhouse is the one that suggests that they cut off Krusty's foot so everyone feels sorry for him. And Bart suggests <laughs> that Kirk's already tried this to win back Mrs. Look, Van Houten. What, what's Mrs. Leanne? Leanne. Lu- Luanne. Yeah. Luanne. Lu- is Luanne. Yeah. Okay. yeah. What, when do you think <laughs> of someone getting their foot cut off? What's the first thing you think of? What movie? No, it's Misery. Is it, yeah, that's a good one, actually. I instantly think of the guy sawing his foot off in Saw. Oh, of course, yeah. Actually, yeah, that's that you make a good point. In Misery, the movie, yeah, she does it with the sledgehammer. In the book, she cuts his foot off. Oh, okay. I wonder why they made the change. It's pretty gnarly. It <laughs> and, is pretty gnarly. But also, yeah, the effect with the, the sledgehammer and the, and the ankle and the foot oh, going like gross, 90 degrees, it? it's gross, but it's so memorable. Ooh. Yeah. Misery, but, good movie. I haven't watched it in a while. I have to check it out. <laughs> I feel like every podcast we do, you go, there's one point where you go, it's a good movie. You have to check it out. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully the listeners are you know, feeling the same way. It's like, guys, right, Misery is a good movie. I should check it out tonight. <laughs> I still remember being in the cinema watching Saw for the first time. And when that guy starts cutting his foot off, it's, kind of, it's one of those moments where you go, oh my God, this is gross. But it's like, <laughs> the, wor- the reason that movie worked is because you could actually, as silly as it sounds, put yourself in that situation and think, would I do this? Oh, yeah. Oh, when he cuts his own <laughs> foot off, it's just like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> oh, oh, no. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> so anyway, poor Kirk. He's obviously got no foot. But the um, the Marge walks in. I didn't like this. The only thing keeping Marge standing up straight is guys pitch, pitching her in the tush. I was like, uh, pretty seedy. Yeah, I anyway. mean... I think we all know that there's probably going to be a bit of um, sexual harassment going on, but yeah, actual crossing the line of butt pinching, it's like, eh. I mean, and all the creeps at the window as well. 
Yeah, I'm all for a little healthy objectification of the female form. And some... <laughs> And, and sometimes the male form when Dando's got his shirt off. Um, but, um, <laughs> yeah, but dude's actually, you know, pinching the rear. I'm like, nah, that's a bit Harvey Weinstein for my liking. We're now at the uh, the Friars Club and all the chop livers getting delivered inside. So Bart gets in. How's he get in? Do you remember? Bart gets in because the doorman died. Oh, that's right. He's he also Krusty's uh, manager. Yeah, my agent or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Krusty didn't get to where he was by... Uh, being talented, it was like name of names in the fifties. Fifties, I love that line. I thought that was so good. He says he's going to cause some trouble at the shoe expo. So then we cut to the shoe expo, and how good is this? Mo arrives. Ah, oh, yeah, this is my Woodstock. Such a pervert. Yes. Fat Tony's cement shoes is one of the stalls. We get shoes for mm-hmm. Jesus. Frederick, ah, uh, Frederick, Frederick Tatum's footwear. Yeah. His butt ugly shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Marge then tells Kiki that her back hurts. She doesn't listen to her at all. Kind of like treats Marge the same way that Bart treats Millhouse, just not listening to her oh. issues at all. Yeah. Injects her to make her smile, make her yeah. face all just frozen. Bart Millhouse and then Krusty then going over the Stampy, in, the stampy plan. Just to rewind a little bit, I don't know if Botox was that much of a thing in the early 2000s, but it certainly is now. Uh, but... Well, the thing is, though, I've like Nicholas got friends who get Botox like it's no big deal. I'm like, really? Yeah, yeah. I know a lot of people who yeah get it like it's no big deal. Yeah, and they're like 30 years old. I was like, what are you yeah. doing? But yeah, I think what is sort of played as a uh, a bit of a uh, not weird gag, but uh, oh, can you believe people do this themselves? It's actually a toxin. Um, is now yeah, yeah, people just do that. <laughs> yeah, so it's, people don't care anymore. They just yep. Yeah. I just don't understand people who are like are my age, are 30. Are getting Botox. It's just yeah, bizarre mm. to me, but well, do what you want to do. So I did like the fact that we get Stampy returning to the show. I thought you would appreciate that as well. My old friend Stampy. I like, I yes. like that they called him that, actually. It's, yeah, you know. as opposed to... It's like the love of the wees. Like, just a little bit at the start, just to make it even more wholesome. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> okay, here's the drill. A rogue elephant, played by my old friend Stampy, is about to crush sweet young Millhouse. Then you run up and save the day by saying Stampy's safety word, Magumbo. Whoa, he's as big as Brando, but he takes direction. Then we get Marge, she's up on stage. That guy, I'd like to 89 you. And then Mm. Lisa's like, stop objectifying my mum. I will in a minute. Hey, you're an object or something like that. Yes, just the worst objectification ever. Yes. And like I said, they do this because they just want to really ham it up and make you aware as a viewer, this mm. is not the way to live your life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> These gentlemen are not role models. They're not even gentlemen. Not at all. Stampy then fucks up Millhouse big time. <laughs> Puts him in his mouth. Krusty arrives. Of the, Let's judge him by what he does next. But he forgets the safe word, doesn't he? He's doing variations on a theme. But no, Magumbo is not one of those words. No, Stampy starts eating the kids. Homer comes to the rescue, also ends up in the mouth. What does Krusty say here? Oh, if he swallows them, okay, but if he bites them, sunk. <laughs> the police are then going to shoot Stampy, but Marge, mm. please, please don't do this. Please don't do this. My kids are in there. We don't negotiate with elephants. <laughs> and Marge realizes that the only way to stop the situation and calm everyone down or distract everybody is mm. to get up on top of one of the stalls and pull out the Magumbos. But before she does that, she apologizes to Lisa, which I, like I said, appreciate a couple of times yeah. I appreciated. Ready? Mom, do something! Aim! I'm coming! 
gotta stop them from shooting. I, I don't. Lisa, don't hate me for this. Continue aiming. Still aiming. Hey, cops! Check out this all points bulletin. I don't know. What did you think of this moment? It's a, it's a, a noble sacrifice for the greater good. <laughs> yeah. I guess yeah. So. <laughs> but because Krusty yells out, look at those but gumbos, he realizes, oh, yeah, that's a safe word. So the kids then fall out of the mouth. Homer. <laughs> I came out of the elephant's mouth, right? <laughs> oh, he shouted once today. <laughs> but then get the newspaper, which has Marge as the, as the main headline, despite kids being saved. <laughs> you know, they played up that Krusty's going to be the main headline, but no, it's Marge flushing her breasts. That's the, that's the main headline. Homer then introduces the, the family to classic Marge. This was actually a really nice ending in that Homer wasn't disappointed. You know, oh, I'm mm. sure you're disappointed. No, of course not. You're my wife and I love you the way you are kind of thing. I thought that's a really nice way to end it. It is. Throughout the episode, whilst he was somewhat objectifying Marge, he was still not, it wasn't over the top. It wasn't like, oh, I've got a new better Marge. It's just like, oh, I've got Marge Deluxe. <laughs> yeah. And, he, and this is the other thing. He didn't ask for her to do this. That is true. She just did it on a... Well, she didn't actually go out and do it, ask for it either, I guess. But no. <laughs> you know, anyway, regardless, it was a nice ending, I thought. That was a nice ending to the episode. A lot nicer than the Baja men uh, singing Who Let Her Jugs Out. Yeah. Marge Let Her Jugs Out. <laughs> With a bunch of dope, 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 dope. Jugs just seems like a real demeaning word to me. Yes. Get your jugs out. Breast is a bit clinical and a bit formal. Tits is... Mm, that's that's when, no. Uh, it's a bit raunchy. I think you know that's that's for special occasions or you know someone you trust. <laughs> <laughs> Boobs is is friendly and playful. I think we can sort of work with that. Jugs just feels like okay. Yeah, now we're crossing the line a bit, and you're just objectifying a bit too much. Yeah, and fun and fun bags, as you pointed out earlier, off limits. <laughs> <laughs> what do we learn, Palmer? All right, what did you learn from the episode, Mr. Davis? What did I learn from the episode? Well, as Marge points out, Disney rock, or whatever she's listened to, is good satire. And the, the, the kind that doesn't hurt anybody, and that's the lesson I learned. Good satire is the kind that doesn't hurt anyone. I learned that uh, fun bags, off limits. <laughs> <laughs> no deal. From this day forward, your names will be... Alrighty, it is time for the Guy Davis New Name Championship. I shall just get up the leaderboard as it currently stands. We've got four people in first position, equal on three points. Phil Hawkins, Declan Phoenix, Luke McKay, and Steve Roberts. Take it away, Mr. Davis. Whoa. Well, a lot of good new names in this new name championship this time around. So I'm going to bring back some honourable mentions, uh, including... Keith Getham Netham with Breaking Back Mountains. Uh, Philip Hawkins gave us the return of Chesty LaRue. A bit of a shout out to the old gag about big norgs <laughs> or big breasts or big boobs. Yeah. Um, Jared Hornby gave us, <laughs> in a tribute to the late Charlie Watts, although he probably didn't mean it this way, Stampin' Rack Flash. <laughs> Dio Gorman in Marge We Bust. Ooh, very good. That's a notable mention. That is, that That's is. A really good uh, And one last honourable mention, Thee Messy with Marge Bustier. Very good. Well played, patrons. So what's oh, on? What's in third position? What? Who's got one point? One point goes to Nick Shrimp on the Barbs with 
Beware the wides of Marge. <laughs> Nick Barbaro making his first appearance in the Nintendo Championship, I reckon, after all these years. Nice work, Barbs. Uh, two points go mm-hmm. to Becky Bad Manners. What's, what's her actual name? <laughs> Becky Manners. Becky Manners, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but her nickname is Becky Bad Manners. Um, although she's probably very well-mannered. Who, who gave us Marge Gets an F. <laughs> They're very good. I like it. Well played. Assume it's, assume it's an F cup. Does an F cup even exist? Where is a bras? Let us know. Uh, but three points go to Nick Ratatat Patterson. Wow, we. Uh, for breast episode ever. Oh, that's that's a definite winner. Well done, Nick. Yes, that is <laughs> worthy of the three points. Love it. Nice work to everyone. Yes. All right. So, Breast episode ever. We now have five yeah. people on three points. <laughs> Phil Hawkins on three, Declan Phoenix <laughs> on three, Luke McKay, Steve Roberts, and Nick Patterson. All right, guys. Mm. If you want to be a part what of the Guy Davis Name Championship, just going to be a four-figure discount patron for as little as $1 per month. We also get access to a bunch of exclusive podcasts. You know the drill. Patreon.com slash four-figure discount. Now it's time for the mailbag. Jamil! Jamil is here! Ooh! Alrighty, so first question here, Mr. Davis, comes from, ah, Becky Maddis, speaking of the devil. Have you ever copied anything you've seen on TV and then got into trouble for it? She once wrote down the lyrics to Uncle Fucker from the South Park Bigger Longer Uncut <laughs> soundtrack, which, by the way, I just got on vinyl yesterday. She was about 10 at the time, her parents found out. For me, this is a story that everyone knows, that I copied The Simpsons when Maggie got a knife out of the kitchen drawer and I was banned from watching The Simpsons for several years. <laughs> <laughs> what about yourself? I don't know if I ever got in trouble for it. Uh, I was probably told not to do it anymore. And this is way before the time of certainly Dando and probably the bulk of the listeners as well. But there was a terrific uh, cop show in the 70s called Starsky and Hutch. You've heard that name, of course, I'm sure. That, that starred Ben Stiller, right? <laughs> 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 and my man, Owen Wilson. But before it was a movie, it yeah. was a TV show. And, and, of course, the opening credits with cops Starsky and Hutch getting all, up to all manner of cop things as they chase criminals through the streets. One thing that I think it's Hutch does, he sort of takes a little a bit of a running leap off this ledge and he does a sitting leap onto the top of his car, which is probably going to fuck up his car and his backbone. But for a six- or seven-year-old guy, I thought, that looks super cool. <laughs> and, and, like, um, where's this going? Oh, at, at our... Um, I didn't do it on a car. I was I had ah. enough. I was wise enough not to do it on a car. <laughs> but but uh, at the uh, the playground set at, at at school, there was a little bit of a handle or a bar over the top of the slide. Oh yeah, yeah. So you can grab onto it and slide down. Yeah, yeah. You get a little bit of air, and then you crunch down on the um on the slide and slide down. And um, I, I did that a bunch of times until the teacher saw me and said, you're going to fuck up your back. <laughs> well, they didn't quite say it that direct way. Quote. But, uh, yeah, direct quote. Direct <laughs> quote. Teaching was different in the 70s. You're going to fuck up your back. Um, they speak like that too. They did too. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's, the, that's the main thing that I emulated. Or either that, I, prob- I, I probably started smoking because I saw Bruce Willis do it in Die Hard and thought that looked pretty rad. So, yeah, that, that's 10 years of my life in, in, the, in my 20s um, that uh, I'll probably lose at the tail end of my life. 
Andrew Pellicati says, aside from look at those McGumbos, what's your favorite crusty one-liner? I think yours is going to be, oh, God, this is always death. <laughs> you are 100% correct. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I also like, um, here comes Sideshow Mel. Sideshow Mel. <laughs> Learn from a professional, kid. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's me on every episode of this podcast. <laughs> I really love the whenever I hear a sound outside, I always go, "What the hell is that? A lawnmower?" <laughs> <laughs> and final question here comes from Andrew Kelly. Andrew Kelly says, "If it guaranteed a thousand years of world peace and prosperity, would you agree to go the rest of your lives, meaning yourself and me, with big silicon magumbos implanted on your chest?" However, nobody will ever link the two events to the outside world. You just did it, and then coincidentally, we entered a new age. No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you would? Yeah, sure. Why not? A thousand years of uh, world peace and prosperity, and I get myself a nice set of fun bags. Why not? You just used the word. <laughs> but, if, but, if, but if they're your I'm, own fun bags, it's okay. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> so you would go around with boobs if it meant world peace. I'm already going around with man boobs <laughs> and the world's fucked. So, yeah, we be- <laughs> So, yeah, why not? <laughs> All righty, guys. Thank you for your questions for this week. Don't forget, if you want to write in, just send your questions to simpsonsmailbag at gmail.com or you can send your questions into the Patreon mailbag by simply being a four-finger discount patron. Next week, we are going to be reviewing the episode called Helter Shelter. I can mm. honestly tell you I have no recollection of what this episode is at all. I bet you if I looked it up, I probably would. But I'd rather try and go in fresh and just watch this with a whole fresh set of eyes. So I'm really looking forward to checking out Helter Shelter. There's probably listeners out there going, ha-ha, he's in for a, a bad time, but we shall soon find out. Helter Shelter is next week's show. Do not forget, guys, if you do enjoy the show and you enjoy all the stuff that we're pumping out here on 4 Thinking Discount, whether it be this show, South Park show, Seinfeld show, Friends show, you name it, pumping out all this content for your ears. If you do enjoy and you want to give back, the best way to do so is by joining the 4 Thinking Discount family, uh, patreon.com slash 4 Discount. For as little as $1 per month, just $1 per month, you not only get to join the 4 Thinking Discount community on Facebook, where you get to banter with Guy myself, but you also get access to some bonus podcasts as well. And the more tiers you go up, the more access you get to a bunch of exclusive stuff. We we also do monthly prize draws, monthly Zoom chats. Both Guy and I jump on with the patrons mm. and plenty, plenty more. You also get early access to all the shows we do as well. So that's just patreon.com slash discount. We'd also appreciate if you jump onto Apple Podcasts and leave us a review and five stars. We would love for you to do that as well. Follow us on Twitter at fourfingerpod. Follow us on Instagram at fourfingerdiscount. And yes, just continue to support the show by listening. We do love the fact that you guys tune in each and every week. You're all absolute legends. Let your friends know if they haven't found the show yet. Let them know that Four Finger Discount is out there. Whether they're a Simpsons fan, South Park fan, Seinfeld fan, let them know the shows are out there and they may also want to join the family as well. But for now, Mr. Davis, any final words for those amazing listeners out there? Yes, there is. This is the longest I've gone without looking at Dando. Shh.